0: Hannah McQueen, kia ora. good morning. Good morning. It is almost June, which means it's almost time to remind everyone to do their voluntary KiwiSaver payment.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. So for most people who have been employed for the year, full employment, they would have contributed 3% or at least above $1,040 into their scheme. So that means that they will be entitled to receive the government's, well, they call it a tax credit, I don't know why they call it that, but it's a government mm. contribution towards your Kiwi Saver for five hundred and twenty-one dollars.
0: Mm, mm, right, which so is you, which is like a, a guaranteed return that you will find nowhere else in the world. That's fantastic. It's a no-brainer.
1: It's a no-brainer for a lot of people. Absolutely. So I guess where it becomes a, a question, though, is for those who are self-employed or those who don't quite have enough money. Do you stretch yourself? to invest a minimum of $1,040 so that you get your $500. Yeah, If you can afford it, absolutely. If you're self-employed, there's probably a couple more hoops to go through before you decide that.
0: Okay. Um. And, and for people who've made the contribution and want to use this time of year to make sure that their KiwiSaver settings are as they should be, what should they be focusing on? What should they be looking at?
1: Yeah, so... we when we work with our clients, your your KiwiSaver makes up a portion of what you would call your personal balance sheet. So it's one of the assets that you're playing with and it's a way to diversify all your investments so you might own a home so which means you've got a property kind of asset this is a type of managed fund so it is a way of diversifying things yeah but the, but the problem with, well the good thing with kiwi is that you can get your free money from the government and also from an employer so it makes it an incredible contribution or an investment based on the return of that three percent threshold normally yeah but you can't get access to that money for some time. So if you've already bought your first home, you're not getting access to that most likely until you're 65, which could be a long time to some people. Or if you have got your first home, sorry, if you are waiting to get your first home, then you might be able to get access to it in the next couple of years. Now, depending on how long you need to access it, based on which of those scenarios you are, you could either be investing for the short term, which is weird because, if you're young, you would normally think take a really long-term view of your investment, mm. go for an aggressive fund. But if you're wanting to access that money with certainty inside of the next couple of years, you actually need to be on a conservative fund. Whereas someone who might have ten years until they retire, then they should be thinking about being on a growth fund. Obviously, if their risk appetite can cope with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's um, it, like it's funny, eh? Because a lot of a lot of people, um don't engage with their KiwiSaver at all for years and years and years. And then yeah. when they do, they can be seduced by, you know, by the promise of, um, of higher returns or the expectation of higher returns in one of, those, one of those growth funds. But given the kind of economic uncertainty that we're in at the moment, that's something you need to think about really carefully, especially if you're nearing retirement or if you're nearing wanting to buy your first house.
1: Yeah, that's right. So when we look at our clients, I mean, depending on what type of fund they should be in, whether it's conservative, balanced, growth, aggressive, whatever it is, mm-hmm. we then want to determine, well, who is the best provider of that fund? Because there isn't one KiwiSaver provider who is the best across all states. Yeah. And so you actually need to have a dynamic plan. And I would say my clients are um, pretty onto it generally from wanting to take control of their finances, but almost 70% of them are in the wrong type of fund or with the wrong provider for that type of fund. And the difference, because we're projecting out to retirement, the difference can be $100,000 based on them having a probably lackadaisical approach to things, so it makes a big difference and then I then we kind of put more layers of thinking under it under that so if you've got if you and your partner uh, both have quite sizable Kiwisaver funds then we're trying to introduce more diversity so it might be inappropriate um, for you to both have your funds with the same provider mm. you should actually mm. look to have it with maybe the top and the, the second place uh, provider in that type of fund, so you can at least start to diversify. And then you want to be managing that every
0: year. Yeah. Isn't the overriding advice just to engage with your KiwiSaver? Like, just, just taking an hour now to, to work through things and have a really deliberate, considered strategy can save you tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in the future. Yes,
1: it, it Of course, it is. that's kind of the default. It's just even though most people can determine that they should be in a different type of fund, they don't know who the best Mm. provider of that fund is and invariably they call it wrong. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Based on their cookies or whoever's feeding them information doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best provider. Mm.
0: Okay. Hey, thank you so much, Hannah.
1: Thank you for having me.